Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of the Dream Big, Bridging into Greatness podcast. My name is Gianni Lockley, one of the podcasting members and an eighth grader at Silver Spring International Middle School. I'm so excited to welcome back our listeners to our podcast. As a quick plug, we invite all of our listeners and supporters to connect with us further at our website, www.leaptocollegefoundation.org, and various social media sites, Instagram, Leap to College Foundation, Inc., YouTube, L2C Dream Big, Facebook, Leap to College Foundation. The Dream Big podcast is hosted and produced by scholars in the Leap to College Foundation. This 501c3 organization creates and supports programs that directly achieve positive outcomes for underrepresented students by improving high school graduation rates and college acceptance through educational enrichment activities, internships, mentoring, community engagement, leadership development, and parental involvement. On this podcast, we discuss topics that focus on developing today's youth into right now leaders. In this episode, our topic is centered on social media and its impact on our lives as teens and young adults, both good and bad, and how we can find a balance to connect with family and friends. Our guests for this episode are Ms. Crystal Dorn and Mr. Demetrius Keller. Ms. Dorn is a school psychologist in the District of Columbia Public School System and the Director of Mental Health for Youth and Teens for Elite to College Foundation. Mr. Keller is a school social worker for elementary, middle, and high school students with developmental disabilities and mental health challenges. Mr. Keller is a graduate of Bowie State University with a bachelor's degree in social work. He also earned a master's in social work from the University of Georgia. If you have any questions or are interested in sending us suggested podcast topics or being a potential guest, please email us at dreambig at leaptocollegefoundation.org or DM us on Leap's Instagram page. Also, please leave a review for us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you hear our podcasts. Thank you for listening. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Big Dream Podcast. I'm Priya Wakoma, today's host for today's episode. And our topic for today is going to be the impact of social media and how it affects all of our lives. So, and we have two guests today to talk with us and to help educate us on social media too. So before we start, let's have our podcast team members introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Alexis. I am a freshman and I attend the Academy of the Holy Cross. Hello, my name is Zion. I am a fre- also a freshman and I go to Bishop McNamara. Hi, my name is Rena. I'm in the 11th grade and I go to Charlottesville Myers High School. Hi, my name is Gianni. I am in 8th grade and I go to Silver Spring International Middle School. Hi everyone, my name is Jasmine. I'm in the 10th grade and I go to Bowie High School. Hello everyone, my name is Kaylin. I'm in the 11th grade and I go to Northwestern High School. Hey everyone, my name is Elena. I'm one of the team leads on the podcast team and I currently go to Georgetown pursuing a master's in education transformation. Hello everyone, my name is Christopher Wallace. I'm a mentor with the Lead to College Foundation and an advisor for the Dream Big Podcast. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Crystal Dorn. I am the Director of Mental Health and Mental Health Initiatives for Youth and Teens at Leap to College. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Demetrius Keller. I am a current uh, school social worker. Um, I've been in the field for about three or four years working in elementary, middle, and high schools. 
with those with dis- developmental disabilities as well as other mental health impairments. Pleasure to be here. Okay, thank you. Thank you for our guests for coming to join us today. Um, so social media hasn't really been popular for a very long time, but as the guests grown up, you guys didn't really have social media and you don't really, you just started, it started to come up into your career recently. So how is it like, is there, yeah, how is it different from now versus then when it wasn't really popular? Okay, so I can go first. Um, so I am fairly young. I'm not too old yet. I'm 26 years old. Um, my birthday is coming up, so I'll be 27 soon. However, um, social media accessibility, I think, has increased a lot more compared to back then. Um, my first introduction to social media, I believe, was MySpace. If anyone is familiar with that or ever heard of that before, that was before Instagram. So I think MySpace, MySpace evolved to Facebook and then Instagram and Snapchats and, you know, all those things, platform, different platforms came out. So I believe that accessibility is so, so easy to get a profile and it's so much easier for anyone to access a social media page, doesn't matter your age. Um, and that's, I believe, one of the challenges or struggles with bringing up a child up or rearing a child that everything is so exposed now. Um, it's, it's not... You have parental guidelines and things that are in place that your parents can place on your cell phones or place on your, you know, your Wi-Fi, wherever you stream it from. But it's still challenging to try to continue to keep the students or the or the youth off places they don't need to see or things they don't need to, you know, really interact with at a younger age. And lastly, um, I think the use of social media has shifted because it was more so for connecting with people, especially I know Facebook was connecting with people you maybe went to school with already, um, maybe high school reunions, college and things of that nature. But now it's used to make friends that you never seen before, which can be a, a okay thing if you able to use it properly. But I think social media has been so misused as of recently um, compared to has, how it's been in the past. Okay, I'll chime in not being that old, um, <laughs> and say that while I did not grow up with social media as a teen, um, social media came into my life as a career person and as a mother. So social media um, has its good and bad. I think the good parts are connecting, like um, we just heard, connecting people from my grammar school, from my high school, from undergraduate college that I would have never been able to make some of those connections through social media, I can connect with people all over the world. So it doesn't matter where my friends from childhood are living because of social media, now we can keep in touch. Back in the day, we would have had to write a letter right? We would have had a, what we used to call a pen pal. And we would have to literally write letters to each other to keep in touch if we were far away, or just pick up the phone and call that person. So social media has had that type of impact on my life where in really getting together with people and more of meeting and talking on Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever media, social media platform, or talking through Facebook and Instagram. 
Yeah, I agree that social media has, it has its negatives, but it has also the power to connect people. But as you, as social media has become more popular, have you noticed a negative, a negative result in teens as you help them with their mental, their mental health problems? So there are some negative effects that may impact a teen or um, life um, or mental health. I think it's when it's overused, when there's not conversations about safe use of social media, and when, when children or teens are talking to people they don't know, people that could be predators people that could be trying to get your information and meet up with you without another person present or something like that. So it's all about how you view yourself, you view the world and what you're letting in. So there, there's, you know, like I said, there's negative, there's positive, but it can impact your mental health in a negative way. If you are thinking that, someone has more than you, someone is prettier or better than you, or someone's, someone is succeeding um, and you think I should be at this place in life. And when you start comparing yourself to images and people on social media, that can have a real negative impact on your mental health. Yeah, and I will, I will add to that to, to um, agree with that point because a lot of our mental health it's consistent or constructed based upon false beliefs or comparisons. And when we have those comparisons and we use social media as a standard to give us how things should look, how things should feel, how we should look, how the world is supposed to be, it's, it's creating all these kind of mythological things in your head. You're creating a story and the story don't have to be bad, but oftentimes we use that story in comparison to where we are in our personal life. And if we're not, there or yeah we're not at that point in which we think we're supposed to be because of somebody else that's when it can, can really become detrimental to how you your self-esteem how you think of yourself your confidence you loving yourself and if you don't have those things those foundational things that our parents teach us you love yourself you know you take care of your siblings you take care of your your nephews and your nieces and your cousins and your family but because the disruption that has happened i believe also within our households and the overexposure to social media, a lot of youth are finding their own way. And usually if you're finding your own way, you're using a standard and the standard here can be social media, which can be a detriment to the mind. And you don't really know which way to travel. You don't know which way to go. You're wandering and trying to find your way, but you're lost. And when you're trying to find your way, you're gonna look for answers. Everything that glitter is not gold though. So you don't know what to find. And using social media as a standard could be a way to trigger something, your low self-esteem, where you had to, you know, overutilize things. So anything is okay with balance, but in regards to the mental health, everything, if you misuse anything, it'll be a detriment to you. You drink too much water, it'll hurt your body. So everything has to have balance to it. And, it, and that's definitely the case with social media on every platform. To our um, podcast team members, has, is what they're saying, have you, do you relate to that? Like, has social media also caused negative, has a negative burden on you as well as a positive one? Well, personally, I don't have social media, so I wouldn't know anything about that. But I've heard of cases where social media um, 
it would has actually harmed people because there has been say saying that people are more affected by social media the more they stay on. Uh, I got this. You ever heard of FOMO? Yeah, fear of missing out. Yeah, that's that yeah. is really yes. caused on social media because people yeah, be posting everything. They be posting everything in that one time where you have to um stay home to do homework. It's just gonna that's that kicks in. Have my first year everything. high school. Have my first year high school because you know I just joined track and I got all my dance classes and that's when like COVID hit, so everyone was trying to do all the stuff. I had to go back to leap, you know, every other every other week pretty much because you know. I thought it was going to be once a month, but it turned into every other week. So I was here at home by myself and I was posting how they was hanging out, like going to like some abandoned school and stuff. And I'm just at home doing work. And I was like, dang, why I got to be that guy? You know what I mean? But, you know, it worked out in the end. I'm chilling now. Most of those people didn't pass anyway. I'm going to buck. For me personally, I think that social media has become a distraction. It's just when you're on it, you're like, okay, I'm just going to scroll just for a little bit and then I'm going to go back to what I'm doing. And you just keep on going and going and going. And then you don't even realize how much time passed. Like, like it's been like an hour and you still haven't done anything. I, I agree with that, Priya. I definitely had that <laughs> problem. Uh, and it's it's hard to, to, to not do it, but at the same time in your mind, it's like, I need to stop doing it. Um, but I, I try to like going back to your first question about when did you like first get social media? I didn't have social media until, uh, I think my senior year of high school. So I was like out of the loop <laughs> until, until my senior year of high school. But and I think it it's for kids now, like these days, it is a distraction and it's hard because even if you're in elementary school, that's the norm now is you have, you know, a phone, you have social media, all these different things. I think it's even hard to connect with people on a personal level because you have the distraction on your phone and that's I think that's a downside of it um that is is the connection part of it so I think it can be it's a it's definitely can be a distraction at times so I definitely agree with that just a little bit on the part where Priya mentioned like you keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling it's a distraction you lose track of time which you could be up late at night, being your sleep deprived. And when you don't have enough sleep and you got to get up and go to, to school in the morning, then you're irritated. Your, you, your temper could be short. You could miss things because you're not thinking clearly because sleep is very important. But yet you were up scrolling and watching videos and watching reels and talking to people on Facebook or Instagram or whatever else is out there now. And um, that could have a real impact when you deprive yourself of sleep. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I was gonna add that like, I, I'm 30. So we are my group of uh, friends that I hang around. Like we were the last generation of kids who like got the experience of just like, we didn't have social media. We didn't have like, we had like early internet, but if we wanted to get together, we had to like physically get together. And if you wanted to send messages, like you had to be like, you had to have be rich enough to have that on your phone plan <laughs> or, you know, you knew where they live and you can go see it and go holler at them. Even though some of the things uh, you mentioned, I could stay up late on Xbox. I could stay up late on like, you know, instant messengers, like, you know, that we had. But I think the intensity and the frequency and the, the ease of access to social media is like everybody has a phone. Everybody has a computer. It's just so like 
not only is all those things designed for you to like get hooked on, I also find my saying things about what other people have to say, but then I have to catch myself sometimes and like, these people don't know me. These people don't care about me. If I was on fire, they probably wouldn't pour water on me. I know the, the X-rated version of that, but like they probably wouldn't pour water on me if I was on fire. But yet I feel social media gives me this like desire to like speak on things and I don't even really care about it. Like people don't really ask my opinion for it. So it's definitely something that we got to limit in that regard. I was just going to ask like, as a general question in response to Chris's, in response to Chris, how do you think that people's perception of other people's feelings and other people as other human um, different topics and different issues are just presented to us without aren't always presented with context and presented with you know with context and you can't always see other people face to face because they're when they're not face to face we're online we're seeing just what this this writing on our device and we're not really seeing the whole story or understanding what's going on behind the screen how do you think that people have been affected by that in their new response to just having to respond right away and respond without any humanity. How do you think that that new response has affected our news, our society today? It just means that we just always want to be on go. We don't there isn't time. I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a theme around a lot of uh, internet discourse where like you just want, you're not necessarily interested in finding some sort of a solution or some sort of grounds of understanding or common ground. You just want to make the other person look ridiculous as humanly possible. Um, and you can, you can do that if you just like blitz them with information, you just keep coming at them with like, you know, whatever facts or whatever the case may be. And, you know, out of your response of just like wanting to get some sort of, uh, you know, points on the board, you know, you can say whatever in uh, jest or mistake. And, you know, it's hard to just like pause and do research or, you know, look up articles, look up peer reviewed articles, um, just historical context. You know, you can't do that within, you know, the 15 or 60 or even three minute you know, intervals that the internet gives you to respond. So even though like somebody could say something to me and I can like, all right, hold on, let me do my research and let me, you know, get all my facts together. By the time you do that, no one cares. They've already moved on to whatever the next, you know, spectacle is that's going on. So it, it either demands you to just like be completely impulsive in your response or you can respond in due time, but the damage has already been done at that point. That is kind of the dichotomy that that creates. So to add to Priya's, what she said, uh, I think social media is like a distraction too. It's like an easy distraction from like your real life, more freedom, do stuff, I guess. So I feel like that's why a lot of people are on social media because they're able to like not be themselves or like they're able to put on a different persona because nobody really knows them. So I. I do think social media has its negative and positive aspects too. It really just depends how you use it and how you view social media because it's a standard 
for example, TikTok is a certain standard. In order for you to get like TikTok famous, you have to do certain things. So it, it really depends on how you use social media and why you use it. Yeah, to add on to them, I think that's like kind of like the fundamentals of cyberbullying, how nobody really like nobody knows who you are. You can kind of hide behind your screen or hide behind your keyboard and just say anything and then you could get away with it. And I think that that's actually probably why social media has a lot of depression, anxiety and loneliness linked because you can kind of just hide it by the screen. You don't have to, you don't, because most of the time people wouldn't really say that stuff in real life. Like a racist, you, a racist person wouldn't say all that racist stuff to a black person in real life. You can hide behind the screen and you can say whatever you want. Can we talk a little bit about this is making me think of, um, and you all can tell me, is is the cancel culture still happening? Because most definitely, most definitely the cancel culture is yeah. happening. And that's what that's another one of my points. The cancel culture, if you say something, no matter what you say, you can um, ruin your life by saying one thing. And I'm not saying some people deserve it. Some people definitely deserve it, but not everyone deserves it. If that makes sense. Yes, and what can happen is that someone could say something that's not true about you, your business, your brand, or whatever, and you could get canceled. And you've worked so hard to get, you know, to where you are in what you're doing in, in your business or your brand. And then one thing could be said either by someone else or by you. And then no one, everyone cancels you out and you have to, that can cause depression, that can cause anxiety, that can make you feel isolated and alone. So that that's an example too of that, how it impacts your mental health and how people can become depressed behind something that has to do with social media. And I think another lens to look at social media in regards to being a distractor or even being a tool to help or a tool to assume that it can be something helpful towards you. Cause, but that cry for help may come off in this particular way that is not appeasing to others. So others may shoot that down instantly. Oh, why are you doing that? Why are you airing out your business? You know, why, why are you doing these things that's not, uh, if you're a woman, ladylike, if you're a man, it's not, it's not a man thing to do. It's not a proper thing to do. So you still, again, at the foundation, you still have comparisons and what the standards should or should not be and if you don't follow along the standard to um her point early in regards to tiktok or creating videos or um little short clips you had to create a video that will gain the attention of thousands of people that you never met before and if those thousands of people don't approve you you won't become what they call tiktok famous if you don't become tiktok famous that means you don't get enough watch or follows you don't get people to watch it and you don't get enough likes your mood is going to be affected because you feel that I need to do this in order to, to gain this amount of popularity. There's so many different layers to pull back, but still, I believe at the core of that onion or that layer is the comparison to self-esteem. Why am I doing what I'm doing anyway? You all asked the question already. Why am I using uh, social media? Why is it purposeful or not purposeful for, purposeful for me? Um, if I find myself strolling all day, what am I looking at? What type of content am I looking at? Am I looking at people on 
unfortunately, this happens in America all the time. Am I looking at people getting gunned down? Am I looking at police brutality? Am I looking at violence? People getting in fights? All those things we don't know, we digest. Your diet is not just what you eat. Your diet is what you see. Your diet is what you hear. Your diet go into your, your muscles, your brain. Your brain is, a, is an organ. Your different functions leads to what you think about yourself and your idea of the world. If you look at negative things all the time, yes. You are going to be, a, you're going to have a negative perspective and a negative mindset because we are humans and we connect to our feelings. We have a logical side, but we also connect to our feelings. As a human, you want to connect to other people. That's why people use social media because they want to connect. We're social. That's natural. Just like if you all could remember during the pandemic, everyone was closed in. So what picked up more? Social media, Clubhouse. People didn't even know each other on Clubhouse. They just wanted to talk and get into some type of discussion. But Clubhouse was a platform where you could use that discussion to help you, to better you, you know, or the opposite. But still, the foundation of all of that is you may not ever meet that person in person. And what they say will harm you so much that you don't even want to unplug from the computer. And can you think of that? Think about that. It hurts you, but you don't want to unplug from it because you're so addicted to it. That's just like eating chips or french fries, the salt things that we're addicted to but it makes us feel so good you get that what they call dopamine that dopamine hit and make you feel good it's a feel good hormone and those things that we already have so as a human we want social connections but we also want control we want control over things within our life so we look for things that we believe that will help aid us in our life but if we're looking at things without any guidance no parents what they call elders or people with wisdom you're going to be looking and that could also become a detriment to your mental health because you're looking for something, not knowing what you're looking for, but you don't, you haven't found it. So you're going to keep looking and that's where anxiety comes from. So we talk about anxiety and depression. Anxiety comes from trying to understand and figure things out and overstrate things and you can't do it at that time. So you continue to overthink and overthink and overthink. And when you all say scrolling endlessly, it, it reminds me of someone with anxiety having what they call intrusive thinking or intrusive thoughts where they think about the same negative thoughts over and over and over. And, and that could last literally for 30 minutes, for an hour, for two hours. It could last all day. So definitely continue to keep watch on social media. It can be a negative, and just like anything can, but it can be a positive if you utilize it, reiterating what she said earlier again. You got to use it for the purpose of it being positive. I have a question. Um, a lot of people have, have kind of said that to use social media in a positive way to have a kind of handle on what you want, your intention of doing that. How do you think that teens can not get a handle, but can manage their social media use in a more positive way that can bring all those benefits of meeting new people, getting to learn about different people, different cultures, different experiences without having the overwhelming bad? How would, how would, that dance work? How do you, how does everyone think? So that's a very good question. We have said some of the things here already. One, you have to have balance. I think if you're starting out with good self-esteem and you're a confident individual, that helps. Um, Demetrius mentioned something about elders, parents. What is the parental guidance that you have? Are you listening to your parents when they're telling you to monitor your time on social media? But if you overdo it, then it's a detriment to you. 
it's going to impact you negatively. So monitor your time. Tell yourself, like, maybe I'll spend five minutes, 15 minutes of, of time on social media and stick to that and not end up being distracted in spending hours upon hours where you're missing out on quality time with family and friends, on getting your homework done, on learning something new and different things like that. So I think it's all about balance, but I also think it's about the influences that you have in your life that are real people that are in your space and how you're reacting and responding to what your parents or caregivers are empowering you with. And hopefully that is positive in that they're guiding you and leading you and you're following their guidance. So in moderation, and even if you like keep a calendar and schedule, like you schedule events, schedule time that you're gonna use social media and stick to your schedule. Yeah, it can also set, I think, a timer on your phone or in the actual app itself. You can set a timer and then I think it, <coughs> it deactivates the app. The app deactivates itself after that certain amount of time. So say, you know, you set a timer for, you know, 10 minutes, then when the timer goes off the app, um, you can't use the app until I think like midnight or the next day, basically. So that way I sometimes do that. So sometimes if it does that, it's okay. I can't be on social media anymore. That was my limit. So that's also a good, a good tool to use. Yes, I think it's very important to make limits. And that's something a lot easier to do now um, because it could kind of give you a, a, a ding or a reminder. Okay, you've been on it for this amount of time. And now it comes down to your choice. Are you going to choose to override that? Because you have a way you go override it. You can press the button and you could continue or you could get off of it how, it's, how you, you know, constructed it to do. Um, Another thing I think that can help, that can help, depending on well any platform, figure out when you post something, the challenge comes the reaction sometimes. So you when you post, you're looking for someone to react in a particular way, or so you had to figure out are you posting for someone else to react, or are you posting a picture because you genuinely want to post the picture? It's an algorithm. Algorithm is based on what you watch, what you see. If you stay on the clip for thirty seconds or so that TikTok is designed to give you what you've been looking for or looking at. So if you're looking at violence all the time, TikTok is designed to give you videos of violence all the time. If you look at, if you want to be, if you want to create podcasts and you're looking at different podcasts, TikTok will give you different podcasts. Now, this, this, this should still be a limit placed on how much you utilize it, but it can also be a tool for information, especially more so TikTok. I haven't learned at Instagram um um algorithm i think instagram is very random but i know tiktok you can actually utilize that for your own good if you liken the things that you think that will give you benefit and not just all the you know other distractions that are out there but i believe also lastly will be the limits place place limits on it don't matter if you're using it for good or bad i, I think limits are always good that's a really great point um definitely the point of like mindfulness um, like Demetrius said, understanding why you're um, being involved in said post. Um, the algorithm is is so tricky um, because in the early days of social media, like um, like my generation, you know, witness 
you only saw like your followers. You only saw what you mm -hmm. wanted to see. And now we're in a generation of social media where you're kind of seeing things, whether you want to see them or not. Um, so uh, another great thing that you can do is really try to curate your timeline as best as possible. If you need to mute certain words, um, if you need to block accounts, uh, if you need to limit the people that you're following strictly to people that you know, like you, you can, if you can call them, if you can go to their house, if you can, you know, send them an email, those are the only people that you're really following. Because if you're letting in anybody outside of that circle, you're potentially, you know, letting in, you know, somebody who has different sensitivities than you do, um, or sensitivities that you may understand from the people that you know, rather than people that you don't. So using those curating tools um, that the app provides um, is your best defense against the algorithm um, from feeding it, feeding you things that you may or may not want to see. So I would definitely use those tools along with the limiters, but uh, for your time that you're on the app, those curating tools can definitely help out. I think that the limits and the reminders and all of those things that you can do are also positives of social media. So it's really kind of, it kind of comes down to us sometimes. Like, are we going to choose to do that? Are we going to choose to make that choice? How are you using those with your social media? What type of time management skills do you have? And how are you using that with your social media? So decision-making, time management, and sometimes problem solving once you may get into something that you didn't mean to get into or say or what have you. So you have to have some good decision-making, problem solving, and time management skills to have a good balance with your um, social media use. Okay, well, thank you, for Ms. Dorn and Mr. Keller for joining us today. Thank you for um, kind of explaining us and going deeper into social media because it's kind of, it's not very surface level. You kind of have to like mm -hmm. really examine yourself and reflect back on yourself when you're thinking about social media. So yeah, thank you for joining us and thank you for our guests for also, I mean, thank you for our podcast team members for also putting in your opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does anyone else have any? Yeah, does anyone else have any other questions? I think Rena had something. I have one more question. So for me, I I didn't really grow. Well, I did grow up with social media, but not really. It's more of like just YouTube. I didn't even really know much about Instagram stuff like that. I knew about Facebook, but that's for old people. Um, no offense. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I didn't really know much about social media. But you know, since you guys are like older, have you guys seen like a change in a lot of like teen and young adults mental health since like the pandemic started because I know the pandemic it kind of um everybody was kind of like in the house it wasn't a lot of human interaction so I guess social media was like the best way to difference in a lot of teens and young adults mental health since the pandemic I think yes. there's a this uh there, you you might know this term it's called chronically online um you this group is probably like the only Y'all are the only teens I'm like consistently around. Um, and even through the pandemic, I think y'all have been as even kill. Y'all still have the same personalities. Y'all still have the same uh, ways that y'all communicate, um, at least for the people that have been here for the last couple of seasons. Um, but there is this thing called chronically online that I've definitely seen um, 
uh, with uh, maybe not through teens, but with like, like you said, old people. Whereas people are, again, they're not necessarily doing their own research. They're not forming their own opinions or forming their own conclusions. They're getting information from the algorithm. They're getting information from uh, social media sites and then regurgitating that information um, and their reactions to how uh, people respond to that information um, can vary very wildly whether they agree with it or disagree with it or try to engage in some sort of debate or discourse about it. Um, and it's been pretty, from what I've seen from that generation, it's been pretty insightful. Um, again, y'all have been very even killed. Y'all have been yourselves 100%. But some of these old folks out here, yes, we we are, we got some work to do. There's, there's a lot going on. Yeah, and I think for social media, especially in regards to teens and mental health, um, from what I've seen, you could post a picture. So, for example, you could post a picture. Based on that picture, someone gets an interpretation from it. Based off that video, someone gets an interpretation from it. So if it's a five-minute conversation, but you only post one minute of that conversation, you're going to have a different outlook on that person based upon what you've seen, even if you met them before. Because now you have a different view that could be completely false because it's organized or orchestrated by somebody else who ever posted the, the picture or the video. So from what I've seen in regards to the extreme, such as beefs, you know, people having odds with one another, you know, that could happen over social media. And then they could see each other in person and they could be totally different. Or it could be, it could escalate from it being on social media. And you all probably have seen that or know someone that has some type of odds on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever the case may be, that in real life, those are some real problems that could be handled in a lot better and a more effective way. But the reason is not because you already have a short, limited belief or view based upon whatever that situation that has occurred. And um, for some reason, and this has always been a thing, this, this not with our age, but as long as I can remember and beyond that, it's always been an interest or entertainment and violence and people fighting or um, people doing things that are quote unquote bad or not good. There's always been eyes wanted to go straight to it. If somebody getting a fight right now, everybody pulling out their phone and opposed to saying, hold on, stop. You know, so same thing with social media that is used, utilized as a platform, like you all said, no one knows each other for the most part. So now we're getting on this platform and we could do whatever we want. And there's usually no repercussions for it because we're not ever going to see each other in person. But to the mind, to yourself, you're looking for validation. You're looking for approval. You're looking for things that you already have within yourself. So if you're going to continue to look for them, you're going to continue to find based on your interpretation of what they should be. But that's not going to be the correct way. It's going to be a false way, a mythological way. And you're going to fit things into your own narrative, which can be a positive thing. But in this, in this aspect, it would be more of a negative thing in regards to how we think. So that's, that's what I've experienced um, so far. I might need you to repeat the question because I kind of got stuck on the old people part, <laughs> because you all have to be real careful with that. Because if you think older people aren't using social media as much as younger people, that's incorrect. In, in the impact is, is very similar regardless of age. For instance, I'm not gonna say who this is because I don't know who will hear or see this impact. But I know some people 
over 55 and over 60 and 65 that are on Instagram all day long because they're retired. And guess what? They have nothing but time on their hands. Now, I don't know what, because I don't have a teenager anymore. My son is 25, but I'm not sure if your age range does this, but what I am hearing from a lot of older, more seasoned people is they actually think what they put out there and say, if it's something about Kanye or something about somebody else, that these stars and people are actually listening to them and taking their advice. So I don't know if teens believe when you post something that um, say it's somebody famous or what have you, that they're actually listening to you. But that's what I've encountered with some older people. And I have to say, hey, you really do know that they're not really talking back to you. That's someone else. So that's something, but you also get to a certain age where you're no longer looking for validation. You actually don't care what people say and you respond after, I'm gonna say 50 right now, say over 50 and over 60, when you respond, you don't care what anyone says because you're no longer looking for validation in your life. You might be trying to drop some knowledge or help someone and you're gonna say it and hope that people take what you say at face value and not misconstrue your words. But that's another thing about social media and posts and things like that. A lot of times when you're not communicating with someone face-to-face, -face, what you type or write can be misinterpreted. And that causes a lot of confusion and sometimes causes friendships to break up, family members to no longer talk to anyone because they're reading something, but the tone, the tone is not able to be read in a typewritten message. So it gets, it gets lost. So that's something else to think about when you're, when you're posting words, like, in communicating that way. My mom always does that. I'll say something, and then she'd be like, I detected the tone through the text, and then she'd be mad at me. I'm like, I ain't, I, I ain't mean it like that. That is true with text messages. I actually saw an article, a news article about the dip, like how we text is, you, like the just the simplest like um, symbols they use, like explanation point. People think, oh, you're not like excited about it, or, you know, because I just use a period, you know. So it, that definitely goes along with that. But kind of like going back to what you're saying about, um, you know, messaging people and not really talking people face to face. Um, my question was how, I know you mentioned before about balance, like the balance between how you should, you know, use social media and also not to connect with people. So what do you think your advice would be for teens and also young adults on how to um, best socialize or communicate with peers? or how to connect with people, like, you know, either their own age or with, you know, mentors or older adults. Something else that I would say, advice I would give is to, again, limit what you see. If you're able to limit it, it will, it will help you a lot. And then purpose, what are you doing it for? Again, it's, it's what, what is your reason behind doing what you're doing in regards to posting what you're posting? 
Is it something to, is you, are you trying to motivate somebody? Are you trying to help somebody out? Are you trying to tear somebody down? Are you trying to give back tick for tack? You know, the ego is a powerful thing and the ego is there on one end to protect us. So this is where the balance comes in again. The ego is one end is there to protect us because it's a reminder of something bad that might've happened. So our ego try to get us out of there. That's where you get fight or flight. But also the ego can be used such as the old TV show cartoon. I don't know if y'all know about Johnny Bravo. I always think about him, you know, being narcissistic that, you know, that's what he was, but he was just very elated. He was very high. He thought very, high, very, very high of himself to the point that he'll put others down to make himself look good or look better. So the ego can also do that too. So you had to, kind of have that discernment and decision-making that you all already are capable of having, whoever listening to it. You had the decision-making capabilities because you decided to put Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok on your phone. You, you made that choice to download it and hit that download button. So sometimes if things become overwhelming, don't feel bad for disconnecting from it because you think you're going to miss out on something in the world. Whatever's on social media now is going to be there whenever you get back on it. That's like saying... You know, when you go to college, some, some people are afraid to go to college because they're going to miss out on what's at home. But you go to college for four years, whatever's at home is going to still be home. You know, so try to monitor your mind and your thoughts and, and use that to fuel your decisions and how you engage with social media. Because it can be used as a positive tool, but you have to be mindful of that tool and use it as a tool. And lastly, I would just say uh, in regards to validation or self-esteem, just, just love yourself. Uh, encourage yourself if you get rid of the expectation that you need it from somebody else and you get it from yourself you're not going to look at social media the same because a lot of a lot of it is people's thoughts and feelings geared towards making somebody else making themselves feel better based upon what they post or what they see so it's all could be used in your good and for your good just be mindful and continue to um have somebody that's trusted you know a trusted adult somebody around that you could talk to or even a best friend that's maybe a little older than you or whatever the case may be that you could talk to about these things and continue to do podcasts like this, to have those type of discussions and few different points of view and perspective, because you could learn something in 30 seconds, just from a change of perspective, just from a change of thought, just by one thing somebody say, but it could also, you could learn something negative, like a negative trait or a negative behavior based upon what you see and what you see someone else do. So just use what you have already the tools that you have, continue to encourage yourself and love yourself and don't allow social media to be that place where you need to find those things. Excellent. And I, I would add to make time to have real personal connections with people. Step away from the screen and make opportunities to hang out with your friends, hang out with your family, do things together you know, get outside. Like my generation, we didn't have social media. We were outside playing. We were riding bikes. I used to ride bikes all over the city, okay? So by the time I turned 16 and got my driver's license, I didn't, and we didn't have, you know, gadgets to give us directions. I knew how to get places because I had already, my father had taught me how to get around on a bike. We were outside, like get some air, go outside, meet up with your friends, do something fun in person because those face-to-face -face interactions 
are going to build positive relationships. And I think just a little more positive than always someone on a screen that you really don't know. Have you guys seen like a change before the pandemic in teens and like after the pandemic with social media, like on their mental health in teens and young adults? And that, you know, and that that's a heavy question. Cause here's the thing, mental health problems existed before social media. Mental health problems existed before the pandemic. So what has happened is because you have social media and then went through a pandemic, it's more, um, I don't wanna say advertised, but it's more visible. Um, people, there's more exposure because of social media. It might've taken you longer to find out about something because you didn't have social media, but mental health problems and concerns have always been around. We're just talking about them more now. So do I think social media has impacted teens more? Probably yes, because of now there's, there was regular bullying and then there's cyber bullying. So it, it, it's just like adding another layer of um, negativity to, to the mix. Yeah. So it's things we've talked about already that images you see and um, if you don't have self, good self-esteem that your, your eyes are taking in things that you wouldn't normally take in because you wouldn't be sitting in front of a screen watching all this stuff. You would be out in the world doing something else or focusing on something else, if that makes sense. So it, yeah. it's, it's definitely had an impact. It's definitely had an impact. And I think one thing I would add in regards to impact is dependence. People just became overly dependent on social media for interaction. Um, because they were forced to do so by staying in the house, only being with family, or even being with limited family because of the, you know, the virus and everything. So I think uh, outside of the pandemic, once things began to get raised and the restrictions and everything, people still are in the mode of social media to get an interaction, opposed to going to meet up with somebody, going to the movies. A lot of movies are digital now. You know, people, Netflix has a thing, you could do it on Zoom or whatever the case is. So a lot of things, I believe, still are based on depending on social media for those interactions. And that only stimulates small parts of your brain. They don't stimulate everything. You don't get a real good relationship with somebody by forming it only over social media. So I would just say dependency. Yeah, and that, that lack of social interaction, the lack of human connections can lead to loneliness, sadness, which if that's too large can lead to depression. So yeah, that lack of that human touch, human connection mm -hmm. impacts your mental health. I think that reiterates like why it's so important to take breaks once in a while. Cause mm -hmm. you know how, like if you're scrolling and then you're developing all of these, these issues like depression and anxiety, and then you're just, and it's not being handled, it's just gonna get worse and worse. Mm -hmm. So it's just important to 
go outside, talk with your family or friends, and like just continue to develop those human um, human relationships. And then your social media re- relationships will also be will be positive because because you also because you have because when you leave social media, you'll still have things outside of social media to help you. But mm-hmm. if anybody doesn't have any more questions, then I think that'll be the end of this episode. I would add that uh, a lasting, you know, thought or is that I would like everyone to make sure they have a trusted adult, a trusted friend, that you have someone in all of your circles where you spend time. Like you spend a lot of time in school. You also spend a lot of time at home. So I hope there is someone that you trust that you can talk to when you're having problems or going through something that you can talk to at home. And there's an identified person that you can talk to at school. So you're not, so you're not alone and that you don't Mm. need to go on social media to find someone Mm. to help you solve a problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's probably why we find, social media addicting because we forget that we have people outside people who we can talk to and we have a community mm-hmm. yeah thank you Ms. Dorn and thank you Mr. Keller for joining us yeah. today and and this episode should be out in about a week or a few weeks so but thank you and thank you for our podcast team members and we'll see you guys next episode thanks for thank you everybody thank, thank you, you for hosting thanks for having me I hope you enjoyed the first episode of season three of the Dream Dig Podcast. Thank you, Create Wakoma, for hosting this episode and the team members, Jelani, Jasmine, Create, Zion, Alexis, Rena, and Kaylin, for your wonderful thoughts, ideas, and conversations. Also, Conrad Wilson, another one of our podcast members, could not be with us for our recording. Thank you, Christopher Wallace and Elena Rowe. Our podcast team leads for the, their guidance in this process thank you crystal dorm demetrius keller for your insight on this important topic please visit our website www.weeptocollegefoundation.org for more information regarding our programs and services also please follow us on the social media platforms instagram leave the college foundations inc facebook leave the college foundation and our youtube channel lcc dream day podcast episodes We'll be on YouTube soon, so please subscribe to be notified when the video drops. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave a review for us. You can also leave a rating for us on Spotify. Ratings can help us improve our content and allow more people to find our podcast. Thank you for listening.